I'm H-A-P-P-Y. Welcome to Our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are the Bulldog and the Deuce, Martin and Brady. When I was 10 years old, my pop said, son, it's a truly lucky man who knows what he wants to do in this world, because that man will never work a day in his life. Look out there. Out there is the perfect lap. No mistakes. Every gear change. Every corner perfect you see it with fast february in our rear view and the nos wearing off this week we race into another car movie with ford versus ferrari followed up by another selection from brady's bargain bin that is also car centric i've seen this movie three times now (laughs) um this was two but i i'd watch it again tomorrow Yeah. yeah it was it was a really enjoyable rewatch and i was just very glad that we we decided to, to dive into it johnny was us. this uh one two ten for you this was the first time okay um I... and i don't know why i didn't get around to it sooner i really enjoyed it i liked it a lot and not only just from the the car aspect of it where you're just talking about all the different um you know drivers and then now that are car companies that have, you know, the names associated with like McLaren and Shelby and, you know, Ford, Ferrari. Um, but also the actors did a really good job in it too. And, um, really made you feel like the passion and the pride that was in this film. Um, not only from the people playing the characters, but also like the act or the, the people they were portraying, like you really felt what was going on with them. Um, so I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I would definitely watch it again. And, and it's another example of a movie. I had no idea of the, you know, I like the historical, yeah. not, I guess nonfiction, but probably some, some fiction thrown in. But, um, the, the fact that it all kind of probably went down pretty close to how this movie portrayed it and just makes it such an enjoyable, um, they just do it in such an enjoyable way that, uh, it just adds to it. I think that I didn't have any idea that this was this happened in, in real life. No, well, it wouldn't surprise anyone who knows me. I definitely, all of this was outside my purview. Yeah. Um, I'm fortunately had heard of Ford um, <laughs> and Ferrari, but yeah, the racing world, Le Mans, I mean, I know what Le Mans is. But I didn't I mean, know yeah. there's a 24 hour race. Yeah. So like that just was, and we could talk a little bit more about this later, but I, despite the actors that were in it, it just didn't look like something I was probably going to like. It just seemed like, oh, okay, Ford versus Ferrari. I, I don't know. Just really wasn't hitting on anything other than, okay, well, I do like Bale and I do like Damon, um, but hey, I just really wasn't rushing out. And then I, I think it might have came on HBO or something at the time or when it finally came. And I'm like, I'll give this a go. And I, I mean, I think I told everyone at the, everyone I knew at the time, I'm like, have you seen this? Like, and I was well behind everybody. I mean, most people already had, but I mean, it was, it's really enjoyable and they just nail it. Yeah, it, it fires on on kind of a, a lot of levels, right? Like you said, great script, great acting, um, in, enjoyable story. It's got the like the sports element of you know chasing perfection and you know somebody that might not be the most likable person. Although that's kind of the thing, like they they, they try to make 
um, bulldog. Ken Miles. Ken Miles, like, seemed like this rough around the edges, like, unlikable person. I found him so, I mean, I don't know if it's just Christian Bale, <laughs> can't help it, but be, like, he made me laugh. Like, he seemed super charming to me. Like, I just, I didn't, you know, it was, it's hard for me to see that, that he was supposed to be this, like, unlikable person. I don't know if anyone, if you guys felt that way, too. Yeah, I mean, I think they you start right out of the gate with him, you know, being kind of harsh to a customer <laughs> and, uh, you know, and telling him he doesn't know how to drive his own car, um, but in such an endearing way. Yeah, I think I, I, I mean, I, obviously they, they do a good job in the movie. That's that's the thing Like you're you're supposed to be rooting for him and you're right. supposed to like him, um, uh, which which you just can't can't help it. Like, he's just my kind of person. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. I think I mean, we t- Jelani, you touched on it. I mean, with the acting, um, but I thought. Bale was so good. I mean, I, he just rarely isn't, but I just really felt like he was awesome. And Mary watched it. She had never seen it. And I, I kind of was like, just trust me. I think you're going to really like this yeah. movie. And she really, really, she told her dad the next day. I mean, she, yeah, it's good. And he just, yeah, he just made made me laugh. Like he doesn't have anything that's really like, they weren't like, you know, clever quips. It was just kind of like, What's this then? <laughs> it just passes him up. Like that stuff just killed me every time. And I think even more like on repeated viewings, it just gets it got funny. Yeah. So before we get too far down the path, Ford versus Ferrari from twenty nineteen. An American car company goes to war with an Italian car company at Le Mans. Right like you said, Brady, right in the beginning when you see Christian Bale, you know, criticize the guy whose car he's fixing and then he's like, You don't know how to drive the car and he's like, Like hell I don't. And then you see him peel out and can't even control it. And you're like, yeah, he's pretty much right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I loved his performance as well. And just and then Damon played, you know, Carol Shelby really well, too. I like the way he did it and kind of, you know, still that, you know, Texas, like gunslinger, like cowboy outlaw, but still, you know, having to look at everybody and, you know, play the game forward and uh josh lucas's character which i don't even want to give him any leo, credit leo bb uh, <laughs> what, what well, a dick <laughs> okay well that's in my opinion well first i'll say this um i did read that matt damon really only wanted to be in the movie because christian bale was and he wanted to work with bale and so that was they were a really they had really good chemistry they in were my so opinion. good such a good buddy buddy picture like he, you know you you love that they're totally they're very different people but they had the mutual respect is is so well done and not over the top that i think it made the movie well and you have shelby being obviously a highly respected a former racer and yeah. you know what do he, he call himself a lounge act uh you know <laughs> salesman well yeah when he had to go out what am i doing here but you know kind of providing the respect that miles that bale needed in the racing world right. and you know trying to potentially get him under drive for porsche early in the beginning and obviously eventually fighting to get him into uh racing the car that he needed to race but um so jelani you don't want to give him any credit but i have always felt if you hate somebody in a movie that to me usually means they're doing a really good job yeah i mean he played josh lucas played leo bb and just the I just didn't smug. Yeah, smug, slimy, so smug. like sleazy, backstabbing. He, a little bit to the point it was where a little over the. Top. It was like, wh- how much is he sabotaging his own cause? Right. Yeah, that's. I mean, like you, you needed to have a villain. You needed to have right. somebody to to root against. And I get that there was just one scene. I think when he's just like, get a, you know, get a Ford type driver. 
yeah be- behind the vehicle where i was just like okay that's like would that would it really go down just like that That actually to me is more believable than some of the other stuff where Maybe he's calling down one. and like telling him to like you know slow down and things yeah. like that and it's like you yeah you're trying too hard but and i saw ford distance themselves from the movie entirely before it was released because of the portrayal of Leo Beebe as the as a bad guy. Hmm. So they didn't even really have the support of Ford Motor Company, who I'm sure didn't mind all the publicity they got as inadvertently as a result of it, but and it didn't paint, you know, Henry Ford I was the deuce say, in the a de- great light either. The deuce looked like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> when he sat in the car, this where you crack it, laugh a lot. Oh, was nuts? Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm nuts. <laughs> we'll make the next one for comfort, I promise. <laughs> just like I thought those, that was a great follow-up. Yeah, just those, those little things made it, made uh, it even but, more enjoyable. Although he was really good, you know, crying, and they said yeah. that was all him, that actor. He, uh, he just... He said something like he went to like thinking about his actual dad and it, you know ma- went there. But although he his cry was almost, I wasn't sure if he was laughing at first initially. But yeah, then he That's went right. into kind of sure a like, hysterical uh, sob. Sob, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say I felt for uh, Lee Iacocca, our boy John Bernthal, when he went to go make the deal with Ferrari and they had the the, the spy from Fiat they played in him. there. And yeah, they played him outright, and I was just like, oh, come on. It's all. It's also like those that that scene and and just you know him racing and at Daytona. Like I just feel like the movie seemed long, um, not when you're watching it, but I mean it was two and a half, two and a half hours. Is, yeah. I remember thinking like where, where are they going to go? But they added all these great, I think, scenes that that make make the movie great. Where you just think it's just going to be racing the whole time, and it's not. There's there's you know so much other so many other things to the story, and I think that that was one of them where it's like yeah, they probably could have just left that out, but. But why would you like that? That was a a great um, like addition, and and again the history because I know you know Lee Cook is a big yeah yeah just a, a well respected um, businessman, and this is like an early early view into his genius, I guess. So yeah, you see, if that from going from where he was essentially not necessarily fighting for his job per se, but I mean they kind of presented it as such. It was like yeah. you know if you don't. No, you need an idea to keep working, but you know he went on to become the president of Ford Motor Company from seventy to seventy eight. Yeah, he got fired, and then went over to Chrysler, which he was at until ninety two. Right, he saved. So, like his, sure. that's his biggest. That's on his. You know, uh, that'll be on his tombstone. Right, saved Chrysler. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, pretty crazy. Obviously, a huge figure in uh, you know the automobile industry throughout. But I thought it was, um, just. You know, I kind of touched on it. Like, I really didn't think I should like this movie. And how much I like it, I think, says a lot about how good of a movie it is. And you don't need to like cars. You don't need to like racing. You don't need to know anything about any of that stuff either. It's just really good throughout, well acted. Well directed? Is it it James Mangold? Does he get a lot of credit? James Mangold. Either you know that name. I, I didn't have to look him up, but I, I was curious if Jelani you, knew him from something. Jelani? I also had to look him up. I, I had heard the name. It sounded familiar, but I couldn't have told you before today what movies he had directed. Although you you know by looking him up that you have seen many of his movies. Yes. I would say. Uh, the most recent before that being Logan. Yes. Uh, which was, I thought, a phenomenally well done yeah, movie. Yeah, really, really good. Um, I what I was what I was uh, hinting at with Jelani was I I figured Night he day. watched Vegas oh. the show Vegas <laughs> is that like a TNT or uh, yeah but one of those shows it is, is that the one Johnny no it was Las Vegas Las wasn't it? Vegas is the one we watched 
That was NBC. Yeah, that was oh, the one we watched with Josh Jamel. Oh, right. got it. So um, Vegas is different? Oh, Vegas, Vegas is, is different, different and looks like Michael Chiklis. That does look like Chiklis. <laughs> Dennis Quaid and Michael Chiklis. I don't think that one got off the ground. Oh. Just on a hunch. It's not a Jelani's favorite. No, because that, um, that one was more of like an old-time Vegas, like... Vegas yeah. getting started like after it looks like it. you know after casino oh, yeah. but before Las Vegas besides Logan and the Wolverine for that matter uh 310 to Yuma which I think we'll probably do at some point um it's really a, a solid movie walk the line 310 uh, to Yuma is a remake by the way yes it is yeah Brady, uh, walk the line you know Oop, three you know 310 to Yuma is a western right I do I do <laughs> and I've seen it guys and I think we should do it Maybe I'll watch it and hate it. I don't know. Let's, let's I'll keep it alive. But uh, Walk the Line, we've talked about um, Girl Interrupted and Copland, which I, maybe it's because I saw it back in the late 90s. I think that movie's really good. Fat Stallone was really Fat good. Fat Stallone, yeah, for I sure. Agree. I think that one we should revisit, if for nothing else, because maybe it's a bargain bin at some point. I'm not sure. Um, my memory is that I liked it. but Same. And then an Identity. I feel like Jelani watched Identity. I know I did. You know I'm not a oh, Cusack yeah, fan. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the classic Cusack fan. So you haven't even seen it? No. We won't spoil it for you then. No. Years years later. Cusack, Ray Liotta, Amanda Pete, John Hawks. Is McGinley in that one too? John C. McGinley. You saw it. Yes, <laughs> I think <so> I did. <laughs> I actually think I, I think, did. Uh, I think I went to the theater to see this with Kevin, actually. Nice. <laughs> of all the actors we didn't talk about, we, we left out one, the smallest. His son, Noah Jupe. Mary immediately was like, how do I know him? Yeah. And uh, well, so she didn't watch. This is the second, no, second, right? Just the second uh, movie we've talked about with him in it. Uh, yeah. Um, Quiet Place. Quiet Place is the one I'm thinking. Um, and there's something else. He was just in the HBO show that yes, was just The Undoing. On, the Undoing. Yeah, correct. That's, that's, that's and he was good thing. in that. So he's he's really good actor, uh, especially with just his face. He's got a really yeah. good expression that uh, that plays well. So I was happy we'll see to see him. if he him. grows up well and, and continues to... Because <laughs> it's like, you know, there's this fine age where you can like play play this preteen yeah. kid and we'll see if he makes it into... Continues to act when he's a teenager or like an adult He's man. been in some good stuff, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. But um, So yeah, give him a little credit too because I thought he was, uh, he was awesome as the uh, son. And as a son who really just idolizes his dad to no end you know whether it's before he's obviously going along with him to the track while he's practicing and he's picking up the stuff that his dad's throwing away were those his trophies yes or i yeah that's what yeah that's what it was i thought right is he went and pulled them all out which i thought was a nice subtle scene that he's like in the background taking him into his room uh but even going to lamont he's making his own track so he can follow his dad on the radio like he just and i endearingly say this like he reminds me of my son who is all he wants to do is like anything that and mary says it too it's like as soon as i he hears me moving around upstairs he thinks i'm coming down let's play basketball like like let's do let's do something you mow the lawn i'll mow the lawn yeah we're mowing the lawn like it's he's all in so i i i had a little bit of uh of reflection in in watching that dynamic yeah i think that's part of the you know, the overall picture of this movie is, you know, pride and passion, right? You see the pride that uh, Ken Miles has for racing and you see his passion reflected in his son's idolizing of him. Um, you see the pride that Carol Shelby has for building cars and, you know, being able to create the best machines that he can. The the pride, they actually use it against uh, the deuce when they, you know, 
tell him like, listen, this is what Ferrari said about you. And this is why you need to invest in this project. You know, Iacocca spends it so that they put the money in for it. And Shelby does the same thing. Like, you know, they're out here just laughing at you because you're not willing to go all the way. You don't have the passion like we do. And, you know, I think all the way around, everybody, you know, showcases that throughout the film. Uh, even Ferrari's like, listen, we're not going to lose to these Americans. They they build ugly race cars. They take helicopters, even though he owns a, a car company. He doesn't drive anywhere. Come on. Like you said, the, that was the theme that I walked away from this movie was pride and passion for everybody from everything that they did in this. And it reflects, you know, all the way through. Yeah, that whole speech with that we did part of with the, the perfect lap, you know, like like I, I think I said in the beginning, like the, the everyone's chasing perfection, basically, is another way to, to put what the the pride and the passion that they put into everything that, that they do like Shelby with ra- building cars Ferrari with building cars um, and and Ken Miles with the, with the racing and and that yeah that that's what I think makes it enjoyable when you see people that are really striving for that perfection knowing that it's it's like his son says not really possible but that doesn't mean you can't try like that that's just a, such a you know such a great line I, I like and you mentioned uh, Miles chasing like the perfect lap but even while they're fine tuning the car you know he brings it in and he's just like has this little bug that he like can't yeah. I, I just need to let me take it just out again you know like yeah, let, let me, me out again that's and, how he hooked him and figure out like exactly where that is you know and find out this little thing what what needs to be changed he did such a good job of just selling that whole thing i just yeah it's that part's really fantastic and then at the end right they don't they're not complaining too much about being robbed they just go on to moving Moving on to the next year, and whether it happened that way or not, but again, the, with the story of the movie, they're like, "Hey, here's ways I can make the car. I have these ideas for make it even better for next year." Like that's that's just a great way. I had continue. one little hiccup here. I, I I'm gonna veer into take technicality aspect. I think here. I know what you're and it's say, not that whether I I don't know if that it's exactly how it played right. out. My hiccup here is. That the whole crowd is yes. chanting his name. Thank you. That they do, they aren't gonna then turn on him. They sh- they would theoretically all be in an yeah. uproar. Yes. About the situation. I th- I thought the same exact thing. Like yeah, they they definitely played that. Like they're all of a sudden giving the roses and whatever, popping the champagne. Yeah, they're to running this other past guy. him. It's like no, everyone no knows what really happened if they were there. Right. And the, like that, that. Yeah. Okay. We're we're on the same page. There. Usually there. So uh, <laughs> that is my. Uh, Take technicality, but for, again, uh, I think it. I think they did that to set up the scene of hey, that we're fine with it. We're walking away. We're going to just continue to work and get even better. And should have never told perfection. you. He says, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, should have never told you." That actually did happen that way. They went back and they looked at the tape and they said that because the other team started further back, that they traveled farther. Therefore, they won. Um, but yeah, BB did call down to which is a pretty stupid rule in general. If you're making people start right, like right. yeah, we're not we're not questioning whether it happened that happened. We're questioning whether the crowd the, right actually bought that this other guy won right, and then they forgot about the guy they were just chanting about right that and, Ken Miles didn't break the break his own record twice right three and, times and he's like yeah, and everyone knows what's going on yeah that's that's the hiccup. I, I appreciate you knowing though that because I didn't know that for sure. If I assumed that it did, that would have been a weird thing to to alter yeah. and change the course of uh, of history. But you could find the picture actually, the photo op. I did I did look that up. The, the three first cars, time, the three cars, and I did know that Fords. part happened. <laughs> the other thing that I loved about those last final scenes was just Damon walking back and forth and messing with the Ferrari team. 
like stealing the stopwatches mm. yeah. and then dropping the bolt. You want one? It's <laughs> Italian. <laughs> I was like, that's that's great. I hope that all happened too. Just him being like sneaky <laughs> like that. So one thing I I wanted to ask you guys, and I've touched on this a little bit, and is what's in a name essentially of a movie. So what triggered this thought is I, I told you this movie just didn't jump out as something I wanted to watch, and part of it's because I'm not a car guy necessarily, and Ford versus Ferrari is shockingly going to be about cars but i i read that that's just what it's called here in the united states in the europe it's called le mans 66 where people actually care about <laughs> yeah. le mans, or a wider audience cares a lot more about the le mans and so that means something to them and probably resonates as like oh my gosh this is about that you know yeah so i thought that part was interesting because one probably smart on them to to name it differently because sell you know you're selling something to the audience and here it's you're kind of selling the u.s versus italy right and that's very american right (laughs) yeah and very american um and over there yeah like they care about racing and they care about Mans and and more so than the wider audience here so i just was curious your guys' thoughts on if they named that correctly, obviously, if you think there was a you know a different name, we we think would have maybe played besides Ford versus Ferrari or or what. But I just thought that in general, I think that's an interesting facet. We've talked about movies maybe not doing as well based off the name they went with. I don't know that that's necessarily the case in this situation, but I do think there's a lot that goes into it. Well, I think that part of the reason why they changed the name over there is because, like you said, they have a little bit more passion about the the race itself, but also this is. This was a historic one, right? It was the first Ford or non, you know, European, I think, to win the Le Mans. Um, it was also the first time that a racer even won essentially the Triple Crown, right? Sebring, uh, Daytona, and Le Mans all in the same season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like those those moments in in time. Like if you said, you know. Kentucky versus Duke in 92, right? Like every bas- college basketball fan is going to know that. They don't even need to know like, oh, it was the 92 semifinal. You just say, you know, Duke versus Kentucky in 92. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's the game that Christian Leitner hits the shot. So I think that's... The shot. <laughs> right. You just have to say the shot and then everybody instantly yeah. knows what it is. So I think that's why it kind of sticks. But having the name be Ford versus Ferrari obviously plays to a more, you know, us versus the world type of deal and um i don't think like you said brady many people would have known if they named it le mans 66 in the u.s what that meant or why that would be important do you like the title for this movie after watching i don't it? know that i do I, I do i think i'm okay with it more than you know i don't like it less we've had problems with. because of watching it but yeah. i just still don't think it's that great of a name of a movie but i don't i'll wholeheartedly admit I'm, i wasn't watching le mans 66 either yeah. Like that wasn't going to do it. Right. I just think there's something else there. Now, on that note, they could have named it just Ken Miles. Well, no, that see that we talked about that when it's just a person I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you better have a lot more unique name than Ken Miles if you want me to uh, um <laughs> Michael Clayton. So, they could have called it Go Like Hell, which is what it was almost going to be called. Oh, really? Earlier in the process when it was going to star Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Days of Thunder Part 2? In the lead roles. Exactly. With a different director. Um, then they got as far as the table read, but was ultimately scrapped because the budget was too high. And back to the drawing board, and then it was turned into this. So wait, you think Tom Cruise would have been doing the accent? 
I think Brad Pitt's driving. Oh, Brad Pitt's driving. Okay. Personally, right. if I'm putting those two in there, yeah, I that's think, right. I wonder. I wonder what, which roles. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. Then. I don't know. It just lists them out. Um, and Jim Caviezel was originally set to play Miles. Okay, our, I could see you know, that. Our, formerly of uh, Blue Chips fame. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know our uh, our former basketball player. But then also, uh, I saw Bale was, and apparently Josh Brolin was in this movie. According to, he was like posting pictures from his Instagram of like on set, and then everything he was in got cut. So I don't know what he was, um, or or what, but apparently he was there. But uh, Bale was originally set to play Enzo Ferrari in Michael Mann's uh, biopic. 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 I looked it up. <laughs> Upcoming biopic, but he dropped out due to concerns that he had to get the proper weight in time because he actually lost. I think 70 pounds for this movie because he had just done vice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so yeah. he had bails widely known. If you've seen the machinist back in the day, yep. he, uh, he has no problem moving weight around. Yep. Um, and I'm sure we'll pay for that at some point down the road. But, um, so he, whatever, he dropped out of this Enzo Ferrari biopic, which is iron ironic considering, and they replaced him with Hugh Jackman. Although I don't think they even started on it yet because it was supposed to happen last year, yeah. which everything went, went to hell so yeah all for not but so maybe he'll still do it <laughs> maybe and i would probably be more likely to watch it if it was him instead of hugh jackman but what are you gonna do you don't like jackman um i just feel like they're gonna turn it into a musical and then i'm gonna hate it <laughs> <laughs> would you please just stop singing all the time you like it better when logan doesn't sing <laughs> another tidbit i thought was funny uh you know they mentioned we kind of both chuckled, Mary and I, when he said he was going to get $200 a day and the wife like lost her shit, you know, like one, I wasn't a hundred percent. I'm sure it was out there. I just don't even know if I knew what year it was. Yeah. What year we were in while watching 66, right? Right. Yeah. Or, or maybe 65 at, at that point. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, but they, it said that, uh, adjusted, it would come to about, uh, 16, uh, like $1,620 a day. So, yeah. Uh, these days so wait a bit yeah hence her excitement from someone who was like being foreclosed on or having their business shut down by the irs um yeah it's a pretty big move yeah that he was thinking about (laughs) (laughs) and the last thing jelani you touched on it a little bit the uh with the ford winning uh so that gt40 won le mans ended up winning le mans four years in a row and they there was a fair amount of resentment at the Americans continually winning and they changed the rules to disadvantage the GT 40, including placing a limit on the engine size. And after the 1969 win, the fourth in a row, and <laughs> the rules were changed precisely to prevent the GT 40 from ever being allowed in again. Wow. <laughs> they just, they wanted, they wanted it to be more about the driver than the car. Huh? Uh, they were, they were, they were over it. <laughs> wow. That's, that's wild. So I mean that's that's you that's wonder why it's about great. something it's... like that happening now. We're like, whatever, the rules are being changed entirely. Do you guys remember where we first saw the GT40? Fast and Furious One, <laughs> Fast Five, Fast Five. Okay, that was the blue. Oh, that was yeah. the blue car that they that Dom drove away, and that was one the one that had the microchip in it. I wouldn't have picked it out, um, but now I might. But did it have the same kind of door where it swung open like that with the little top part? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I don't remember seeing that. And Fast Five. We'll have to go back. 
Yeah, you go back and watch it. That's the one that they take apart. Nice. If you're going to rewatch one, Fast Five is the one to watch. Yeah, that's the one. That's the top of the list. And then even though they they had so much success, Ford did, as you mentioned, uh, the four years in a row, like they still suffered a lot, lot of casualties because we see at the end of the movie that Ken Miles dies in the training of the for the new car. And then one of the other drivers had died, I think, the year before. Uh, the guy who drove mm-hmm. the 40 Ford at Daytona. Remember when Miles had to win? Shelby was like, yeah. if you win, you know. You yeah. get to drive if you if you lose. Shelby goes to Ford Motor Company. I think that driver died the year before as well, uh, training in the same car. So, for all of their success, you know, it was still a very dangerous sport. Dangerous sport for sure, and obviously not the first. Um, I think I saw the the Bandini, the Ferrari driver, yeah. the the primary foe mm-hmm. in uh, in the '66 race. He was like a consultant. In a movie, I think called Grand Prix, around at some point later around that time, and was like, "Oh, there's a crashing. Let's film. It should be here, at this race, and this is the place where you would crash." And he crashed and died the next year in the exact same place. And yeah, it just that's that lifestyle is, you know, I think especially in the right circles, it's very glamorous. But yeah ripe with risk well like well like henry uh, the deuce like henry ford the second said i had no idea you know like i think until you're going 200 miles an hour in one of those things yeah. you really have no idea what that feels like i know i never have so right um you know you could do that you can like take like have an experience mm-hmm. and go to speedways and and pay to to go on a in a nascar and stuff so i would this, this is about the point where people soil themselves <laughs> that's what i thought was going to happen i thought that's what they were going to do after he like cried they were going to have to get him out and he was like henry do <laughs> henry ford, henry ford the second just needs a new suit deuce. the deuce they I call him. my nuts and i shit on him shit on him <laughs> Set and shit. All in all, uh, extremely, extremely enjoyable, and yeah, I couldn't couldn't recommend it enough. Don't be scared away by uh, what you think is a subject matter. Exactly, very good film. So, uh, the bargain bin, the Brady's bargain bin selection this week. Uh, We are connected, as always, with our. uh, We're using our boy Jelani's boy, John Bernthal. Did I say that correctly? Oh, yeah. I think so. Um, you may know him from numerous things like Walking Dead and The Punisher, but uh, or in Lee Iacocca in our, in our first movie. But he is uh, not, not in it for a long time, but he is in the movie Baby Driver, which is a 2017 movie. Uh, sticking to our car theme here, but uh, as my... TLDW, as Jelani likes to call it, it's uh, a boy makes his living driving criminals. This movie is, so this was the second time I'd seen it. I I had remembered watching it. I think I kind of heard about it being like, oh, this movie is actually pretty good. And we can talk more about if this movie is named correctly um, or not. And if that has an impact on how good that did. But probably this movie is pretty damn enjoyable. I think it's got everything. I was going to say, Martin, is this your ideal movie? (laughs) <laughs> it's as i was as i was watching it again i think this is probably the third time i've seen seen this as well and maybe seen bits and pieces of it before but i, I own it um digitally as, as well because I, lo- I loved it that much um and it's it's pretty damn close i mean like there, it's it's not missing anything in my in my opinion like it's got 
really good writing, really good acting, a really interesting story, really great action scenes, shot very well, a great soundtrack, and the the kicker that separates it from everything else. And we've talked, I think I've talked about it like three times on this podcast before, is just the integration of music into the movie. You know, like when in the beginning when he's walking and um and you see in the graffiti or, or written out something like lyrics from the song that that is playing right there and it's just yeah it's just music is an integral part of um it built into the story and i, I just love the way that that's done and that's edgar wright like through and through like yeah. every the attention to detail like i think it's a f- flawless film in, in in that sense and actually i think the first one we saw too was pretty much a flawless film in a different way and for different reasons but i don't think we've in in all our movies that we've uh talked about i think these are these are probably the two most flawless films that that we that we reviewed in my opinion yeah the uh you mentioned edgar wright using the music and that was the thing he throughout filmed the scenes in order to be in step with the rhythm and beat of the music and that is that was exactly what he was trying to do and it's phenomenal to watch and know that and it's something that i don't i don't think i'd have picked up i'm confident i didn't pick up on the first time i saw it and i think it's such a unique way to to your point integrate music throughout and they make music such a focal point and i think i even saw when they when the actors got the scripts there was it was on an ipad and there was like music emojis for each like so they knew like what song what was going on music was a driving force throughout now speaking of edgar wright are you guys fans of his like other have you seen any of his other movies yes so for example like Shaun of the dead Shaun of the dead hot trilogy yes yeah and the world's end the world's end right um and then um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That one is probably the first I saw, if I had to guess, of his. Yeah, so I, I loved Scott Pilgrim. Me too. You could probably imagine. Um, and again, <laughs> it has a lot of these similar, like, stylistic music, cool things going on in that movie. So I think you could, you could understand, you could believe that I would love that movie. But I didn't really love like I, Shaun of the Dead should be right up my alley, right? Like a, a should, comedy yes. horror, and that it should be m- one of my favorites. Maybe I need to rewatch it again. But I didn't really love that. Didn't really love Hot Fuzz either. I know people like raved about it, yeah. and I was like, I just didn't. I'm with you. I wasn't quite there. Me neither. So, he, I mean, he he sold me on this one. Like this, I think is a masterstroke. Like I'm gushing over it here. But but the other ones, yeah, I don't. I might have to go back and like try to reappreciate them. I want I want them to release the Edgar Wright cut of Ant Man. He was he was attached to Ant Man at the very beginning, and they had. Um, kind of, he had written it. Everything he wrote out. it. He wrote it yeah. right, and he had everything set up. And then they had a not a disagreement, but they just Feige and and him couldn't agree on like with the the path they wanted to take. So they mutually parted ways. But I would still like to see what he would have done with that. I think it would have been. I I mean I enjoyed Ant Man as it came yeah, out. Me too. But I think it would have been really interesting to see him handle that topic and see what he would have done with it. Yeah, I don't think they did a bad job with Ant-Man. I think it'd be hard to argue that it's really entertaining throughout. But I agree with you, knowing that he, exactly what we talked about uh, when we did the Snyder Cut, it's yeah. seeing this guy, these guys' vision for this type of thing and to see maybe where they take it and how it would be different. I would be, it'd be tough to, to not know that there might be a better version of that. Yeah, his, his pacing and style, right, would be would be the two things that I think would 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 work especially with his words like if he wrote it then it's just the way he you know the way he in, intended it 
release the right cut, right? <laughs> it's trending on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the other thing that helps is, you know, you have the the cast here that is, you know, a superb cast and they all play their roles really well. Even the problematic Kevin Spacey does, right? I mean, <laughs> I was trying to think of that as I was watching it. Like, who would you replace for that role that could do the same type of job? And uh, the one person that I came to, but I don't know if he would have had the gravitas, would have been uh, our boy Sam Rockwell. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe too young. But, yeah, um, that's or, what I thought, and maybe plays. just too too like Lucy, but like fun yeah. and like too too comedic almost. But yeah, but yeah, I mean Kevin Spacey's problems aside, like he's I don't think he's ever missed like uh, in a role, right? I think yeah. every role he's been in, he's really he's, good. They, He's done something good. They said, and we'll talk about it, they said Jamie Foxx would just like stop and watch Kevin Spacey scenes just to watch him because he just, like, people just appreciated what they had. You know, like, he's he's a talent um, at what he does. And, yeah, you saw some of the, like, hard-handed, um, what was his character in uh, that Netflix, in House of Cards? Yeah. Frank I forget Underwood? His name. Yeah, Frank Underwood. Yeah. Um, I felt like there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a connection there in terms of like the the tone of the character, and yeah, I mean, so I had a question in terms of like, is there's no real a lister in like an a list role? I think you, well, not now, uh, but you could say Spacey was probably an a lister, but he's hardly in like a main role in this movie, right? In my opinion, and you can say Jamie Fox is probably an a lister, but he's also not, in my opinion, an a list role, and. The only role that was specifically written for somebody was Ham. That that role was written for him. He did great. I think, um, too. I, think I know why he took it. So make out with make out with with Darling, <laughs> and I just thought that was kind of interesting because I think there are there's some good names in this movie and and it doesn't need a listers and a list roles. I just thought it was kind of stra- it felt strange to me because I still not a hundred percent sure how much I like Baby uh, Ansel. Oh really. I don't know that I think he did a bad job by any means. Yeah. I I don't know. I I just am not a hundred percent sold on him. Okay. But and he would be, I guess, the in the A list role theoretically in the movie, but he's he's obviously the titular character. Right. But I, I thought I thought him and Deborah, Lily Lily James, Lily James. the actress, I just thought they were like a phenomenal chemistry, Bonnie Agreed. and Clyde aspect to every time I watch it, you know, all their scenes, I think they just are, you know, jumping off of the screen in, in terms of uh, chemistry and connection and just really well-written lines um, that, that like you could totally see it and believe that they would be falling in love with each other. And I love, I love that right towards the end when Kevin Spacey's just like, ah, shit, you guys are in love. Like, <laughs> and then he just totally concedes everything and like, and tries to help them, you know, like that, that kind of just made all those little things and attention to details uh, makes the movie. So I had one question, which is a better villain or a better criminal, Bats or Motherfucker Jones? <laughs> Maybe Martin's it's, it's looking. Not, uh, yeah, Martin's looking a little lost. Uh, that'd be uh, from Horrible Bosses, Jamie Foxx's uh, character. I, I gotta watch that again. Ooh, I would happily rewatch those. Those. Uh, I, I haven't seen the second one. Horrible Sue, Bosses. Sue is great. That's just a solid cast. Yeah. Bateman, Char- Day. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Char- Charlie Day, I remember. Yeah. Bateman was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> He's always Bateman. And in, in, in that one, too. Kevin but. Spacey. And Spacey. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, as well. That's right. So, uh, so yeah. What answer your own question, and then Brady can answer because I don't remember his character so much in in Horrible Bosses. Yeah. So I would say Bats. Bats is Bats is crazier. Like motherfucker yeah. Jones is. He's pretending to be like a hardened right. criminal, but he went to jail for like insider trading or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Bats was God. You, ha- you just hated him, right? Like every everything he did. Uh, I thought in this movie, but he played really well, really well by Jamie Foxx because he is, I think, a likable. Jamie Foxx is such a likable person, and for him to be able to play this guy that you just want to drive a, yeah. <laughs> drive your car into <laughs> something that'll impale him, yeah, it's exactly how you want him to want him to go down. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a solid, solid cast throughout. But um, the Johnny, what did you think of? Uh, do you like uh, Ansel in the baby role? I, so watching it again, I think he fit the role well. I don't know if you could put anybody bigger in there because I think I think he had to have that character had to have that quirkiness about him, right? Because he has the, you know the hum and the drum, and you know he's kind of a little bit out there, not really that confident. Like you put somebody else in the role that makes him like super confident. I don't don't think you build that chemistry with Deborah. And and then you also don't build that like relationship with uh, his foster dad, you know the guy, the the deaf guy who you know sitting in the house and like that was, was just actually fun. deaf, was he? Yeah, he said he he was like the only actor who auditioned who was actually deaf, and uh, Wright said it was he just it was like his immediately. He's like as I realized I was watching people kind of like be a caricature of trying to play deaf. And then yeah. seeing someone actually is like, this is yeah, this down. is the guy. And you didn't need to be somebody you knew, you know. Right. And, um, and sorry, go ahead. I was going to say to that point, like uh, we talked about this with A Quiet Place. Um, the daughter is actually deaf in A yep. Quiet Place, and so it just lends that authentic authenticity and realism to the role. Um, but one of the things I was going to say is, Martin, did you watch with subtitles on? Yeah. Okay. The, the Did sign. they explain what the signs were? And because I didn't watch it with subtitles, so I didn't see, oh. you know, if they like had their conversations, you know, written out, or you just kind of had to interpret it from what they were doing. I th- they didn't do any. Any sign language? Yeah, because he yeah, did. Because he said, "Spread it to the edges." And, yeah, yeah. Um, with no, I, th- I think that's what he's asking you. But did they? Did they caption it? Like, did they put out what they were signing? They captioned it without. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 with with even if you didn't watch with subtitles, yeah. they had captions for the sign language. Did you not see that? No, I didn't. You're just so used to reading that you didn't even know the words were on the screen. I think is what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were there. I could tell you as someone who didn't watch close with close you captioning, weren't, you weren't able to read. Yeah, I mean, you weren't able to uh, read sign language. So you, how did you know he was saying spread it to the edge? Really? And, would you want a sandwich or whatever? Are you hungry for pizza? So I just I picked those up when he like. When baby said it at the end, like he like pointed to his face and yeah. he's like pizza. No, there was a lot of conversation. But there was, there was. I'm pretty sure they they captioned the sign language. They did. I'm telling you, I did it. Yeah, I watched yeah. it. It happened. Brady's confirming. Um, I, I forgot <laughs> I to think tell I you. I may though, have seen it twice. I forgot to tell you. I watched Ford versus Ferrari with captions on. Good, good for you, man. Welcome for, to the for club. my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so who, you can listen to it quiet. Who could or... not understand anything that was being said? And she's like, "What? Can you turn it up?" I'm like, "Hold on, I'm just putting closed captioning on." It, I do. I just find that I, I I do get so much more out of it. Like I understand it more. Like I, I don't miss any words, and I'm I'm used. To, I, I like it now. Like I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I learn characters' names a lot more. You know, because it, it will have up there Leo Beebe. That's how I remember yeah. that name because I keep seeing Beebe speaking. Beebe speaking. Um. Yeah. 
uh, Jelani, part of my question with Ansel, so I it said he beat out uh, two other guys for the role, one of which was Logan Lerman, who I didn't necessarily know by name. The Maze Runner? The Yes, oh. indeed. I like this guy. I like Ansel better than uh, and, He's uh, also, sorry, he's also in... Um, uh, the Patriot. He, no, not the Patriot. He's in the the well, one where he he's the uh, the Greek gods. He's uh, Percy Jackson. Oh, yes. Colin's reading those books. He's on the third one. He's also in the Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his first movie. He was no, but that's was... not the movie that Jelani's <laughs> no! thinking about, Brady. So, um, so he beat out mind. Logan Lerman and uh, John Boyega. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would have liked Boyega in this role, and I. I, so I would agree. I think of those three, I, I do think I liked Ansel. I think he he did a good job. I, I feel like I'm I got off on the wrong foot by saying I didn't necessarily. I just there's just something there. I, Have you seen The Fault in Our Stars? No. Okay. I think that's I think that's probably why. I mean that that is the is he in there? He's yeah, in yeah. There, right? With Shailene. Yeah, that's the one that. Um, it's a uh, John Green book. Um, John Green's one of my favorite like YouTube. YouTube guys, and he's an author as well. Obviously, yeah. if you wrote, wrote the book, but girl with I, cancer, yeah, girl with cancer. He has, he has cancer as well in it, but that's um, yeah. I think that probably was his breakout role, and probably got yeah. him got him this one. And I, yeah, I think he's charismatic. You want to know what you want to know what got him this role? Yeah, he or is it the song that he had? They asked him for a song that he knew, like word for word, and uh, "Easy" by the Commodores. Well was done. uh was what he brought to the table nice. and uh and they said right pretty much knew it was uh he was the guy so so speaking of the music in this uh, yes where we were definitely going at some yeah, point in in this movie like i didn't really know a lot of the music in oh it. man if you didn't know then our, yeah, the listeners for a have music no guy it wasn't like <laughs> i mean i heard of the bands right like i heard of t-rex tracks um, but i didn't know the yeah, tracks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but i didn't know the deborah song there i have heard the beck um song deborah before but like I think I used to play it on my college radio show. So this that's actually what I think is... Makes it better, right? Uh, right. So yeah. I was going to say, I think that's actually the best part. Mm-hmm. The, like we talked about the music being such a focal point. There are maybe two songs that are widely known. I think... But all the other ones really work in mm-hmm. a way that I'm like, this is a good song. I don't even know if it is a good song, but it really plays so well in it the works, movie. It works well for the exact role that, or the the part that it's playing for mm-hmm. for baby is that he needs something that has a rhythm and a timing and speeds up and slows down yep. as he's planning the the heist in his head. Which so it's just yeah, it just works out great. And an, another interesting thing that I just noticed this time, because um, I kind of watch this is my third time watching, and I kind of watched parts of it in different in, di- in different order so i saw the ending before i saw some parts in the oh middle i know you, th- you think i'm crazy <laughs> for it but it makes you notice things like when the first time he has this like flashback with his um thinking about his mom you hear like a very faint playing of easy easy by the commodores um but her singing it but you you don't like you would never pick up on it unless you would know that that's the song that's on his tape that he plays that deborah's playing for him at the end of the movie yeah and then, but you, I heard parts of it because I had just heard that part when I was when I was playing it back. And then he starts singing it when he's going out of the uh, out of the junkyard, easy like Sunday morning. But you don't know why, right? And it doesn't; it's not revealed until the end. So that's that's a detail I just picked up on now, finally. So like, it's just on repeated viewings. It's one of those that keeps keeps rewarding you, keeps giving yeah. you more. Um, another Deborah was almost Emma Stone. I mean, I like I like that I didn't 
I hadn't seen I Lily agree. James I, before because right. she was apparently Emma Stone decided to make La La Land instead. So <laughs> and let's just say it worked out for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I I, lo- I love Emma Stone, but but I think uh, I think Lily James plays the like she's very much I don't, don't want she's just she's more feminine, more girly to me. Yeah, uh, and I think that plays well in this in this role. Especially against Ansel, who's kind of who's not the most masculine guy, right? right? Yeah. So I think the two of them together work. I think you're if you think about it, like that role for Emma Stone works in Crazy Stupid Love because mm-hmm. she's going up against somebody super confident like Ryan Gosling, right. where she exactly. becomes you know more like submissive, not submissive, but like timid and shy and like exactly yes, all that you know comes out. But when you have somebody like Ansel, who's not going to you know make Emma Stone like fall back on that. You're like, okay, it wouldn't have worked. She would have been overpowering for him. Correct. Yeah. Too strong, too strong a character for him, I think. So yeah, I think they worked really well together. Yeah. Again, flawless. I thought they, they nailed it. (laughs) Um, There was a couple, uh, one of the fun facts I thought was, you know, the whole Mike Myers mask. They used the, the wrong one. Yeah. So I just, I just thought that was just funny in general, but, it actually stemmed from they couldn't get the rights uh, to use the Michael Myers Halloween mask. And so the Edgar Wright reached out to Mike Myers, the comedian, and told him what he wanted to do. And he said he thought it was funny and yeah. said, go ahead. So they made that's why they used Mike Myers masks. So which I thought was another level of humor to uh, what I thought was already a pretty amusing scene. But and what's with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers Flea? members being um, bank robbers? Actually, wait, he's not in, in Point Break. Anthony <laughs> Kiedis is in Point Break. Yeah. But they just suspect him of being one of the bank robbers. Yeah, Flea's, uh, <laughs> Flea makes a random appearance. Love when you see Flea in a movie. <laughs> no Nose? <It's> <laughs> is it, was that his name? Yeah. Yes, yeah, No Nose and JD. <laughs> JD's an idiot. <laughs> uh, so since we brought him up, I think he must be our uh, IMDb best known for. Flea? Yeah. Oh jeez! Oh jeez! All right, I'm, I only got two, so I'll, I'll go yeah, first. I, I can't even play. That's this, that's this, too random. And um, or maybe I can think of another one. But um, Back to the Future Part Two, he plays needles. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I don't that's even, the only one I really know. Yeah. But I, I feel I know like I've, I've seen, seen him in something, else. but I don't know what it is. And so you can just tell me. There's no way I can guess. This is way too off the off the grid. So the, those were two of the four, Martin. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> He's in four. <laughs> can you give me a hint for a third before you? The dude. Or just go ahead. Lebowski. Oh yeah, of course. That's He's one, one of the nihilists. That's the one for sure. Damn it! See, yeah. that's right. Nihilist number two. That's the one I definitely know him from. And then, <laughs> fear and loathing in Las Vegas. We believe in nothing. We <laughs> believe in nothing. We believe in nothing. And sorry, what's the third? What's the fourth? Fear and loathing. Fear and loathing oh, in yeah, Las Vegas. A, I actually a, don't even know if I minute. saw that. Or at least all the way through, but Johnny Depp, yeah, okay, go flee, man, gotta love it. <laughs> you talked, Martin, about that opening scene, you know, with the music. Uh, for one, he had like local artists in Atlanta paint like the murals specifically so they could use them mm-hmm. uh, to go along with it with the trumpet and you know and everything else, which is was a, such a neat touch. Um, I think they said they filmed like twenty seven takes and they used the twenty first or 22nd was the one they used, uh, which was, I, I, I'm off. I love a good continuous shot, yeah. especially I think sometimes you don't 
it takes you a minute to realize you're in it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh my gosh. Like, oh my God, they're not cutting. Right. We're really just flowing here. And <laughs> We're then in a no-no. You're kind of on, <laughs> you're kind of on uh, I think of like Children of Men. There's like yeah. a really awesome. Yes. Like awesome one in that. Even like a True Detective, I think, had an episode. True Detective, where, yeah. Yep. So there's been some there's really amazing ones that are out there. And I think you have to be in awe of everything going right and working. But this was just such a cool. And it's just to open the movie. It's just I think that adds a whole nother level of coolness to it. But he did a great job of just moving and dancing along and uh yeah yeah i bet you like take one and two were probably okay too but <laughs> yeah i mean you're like, probably gonna have some mess ups in there but, but yeah. right you're and i think you probably are looking for Just perfection perfect, yeah you chasing perfection perfect. is uh the the theme of the day absolutely um and and then speaking of uh john bernthal from our last movie i just i thought it was funny how he, he you know to see him go from uh you know a polished business executive looked great and then to I see him could... in this with like the the tattoos and the hardened criminal look like seamlessly, right? Like you believe both yeah. characters really, really well. So I thought uh, I thought I thought he did a pretty and good job in both. I didn't look him up, but I think the first I think the Walking Dead might be the first I know him from for, for sure. For which me. he kinda obviously takes a pretty dark turn there. So I kinda have like that's the John Bernthal that I think that of. You know of. Obviously yeah. you to your point, we you, he can be a well dressed uh, you know businessman but uh yeah so the hardened aspect the criminal aspect i think is not a far leap for for me but jelani i know he's a favorite of yours I, yeah i think he really only has like two outfits it's either hardened criminal <laughs> outfit or suit that's you know he's in wolf of wall street wearing suits he's in the uh you know ford versus ferrari in a suit and then he's the punisher or he's you know the criminals in baby driver i feel like he is He's the American version of Tom Hardy, if you think about it. Like, I think he's wearing Tom Hardy in this show. (laughs) (laughs) So he's Bane. Got it. Right. Well, I mean, if you look at his role, like in The Punisher. Also, I'm going to say he's not as good as Tom Hardy, but that's just, I'm I'm fine. If if I'm on an island, I'm on an island, but I'm standing by that. No, I I would agree that he's not at the same level, but I feel like he's kind of like the American answer for that. Like, you know, you need that gruff guy. Who can you know play the the villain or play the, just like the criminal, but also has some ability to like clean up and and be that suave you know kind of businessman. So I really like him. I'd like to see him in more things um, coming up. So I imagine you'll get your wish. <laughs> I think they're still hiring him, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, again, two great car movies that we loved: uh, Ford versus Ferrari and. Baby Driver, which might be one of the best movies that we've all seen. Um, definitely go take a look. As always, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're currently enjoying this podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching Our O-U-R Film Fathers. Thanks, and go to bed. <laughs>